I'm your host, Cordell, and this is Horror Hut, the show about any and everything related to horror. Let's get started. So on this episode, I'm going to talk about a few films, share a couple thoughts. Uh, now, these are psychologically based, so not your traditional hard, but I'm bringing them up because for me, I'd find it pretty scary to find out that what I thought was reality the entire time wasn't. Or if I were in a situation where everyone around me was acting strange, but yet the same, and I'm kind of like the odd man out, that would freak me out. And I have a feeling that it would freak you out as well. So, here we go. Beginning with Vivarium, I saw this movie a month or so ago, I think. It stars Imogen Poots and Jesse Eisenberg. And for those who don't know who Imogen Poots is, she plays the daughter um, in 28 Weeks Later of the man who kind of left his whole family for dead uh, when he escaped in the beginning of the movie. But Imogen Poots is an Australian model who starred in 28 Weeks Later. Um, but it is about a young couple, Vivarium is about a young couple, trying to buy their first home in the suburbs. And they visit a real estate agency where the incredibly strange agent who works there introduces them to a suburb called Yonder, where literally everything looks exactly the same. All right. And that was red flag number one for me right there. But, you know, piqued my interest. <laughs> um, as the agent is showing them the house, which is mark number nine, his behavior becomes increasingly strange. Um, but they kind of just blow it off. So, you know, they take time to themselves to make a decision ultimately deciding that they don't want the house and they start to look for the agent so that they can leave and look at other possibilities and they can't find them. Hmm. So they try to leave. And you already know from me saying that everything looks exactly the same, that they're now lost and they keep winding up at the house they just looked at. So of course there's no cell signal. There you go. So they end up having to stay. They don't have a choice really at that point, I wouldn't stay. I would continue to try to find my way out, but then it wouldn't lead me anywhere, really, honestly. Um, so I guess that was a good choice on their part. But, uh, you know, for the first however many days, mysterious packages of food and supplies pop up. They don't know where they're coming from. They kind of try to look for any signs of a vehicle or anything like that, but there's never anyone there. It's just they, they hear a knock or their doorbell ring, I can't remember which one, and there's a package out there in the middle of the street, and it's got stuff in there for them to eat and stuff like that. Eventually, a baby pops up with a note in it in the box that instructs them to raise the baby, and then they'll be released. They oblige, and obviously, things go awry, and I will stop right there. It's definitely a slow burner, um, I'm not going to say anything else about the movie, but I will say it is a slow burner and I will give it a B. Um, I do like the plot, but there are a couple of holes in it that I wish were filled. 
Uh, horror films seem to have gone from the standard 80 to 90 minutes to like 120 minutes. So they had plenty of time to fill these gaps where I had a couple questions that weren't answered. But it's not horrible. That's why it gets a, a B instead of an A. Moving on. Horse Girl. So, Horse Girl is another one I stumbled upon on Netflix. It is a 2020 American psychological drama film directed and produced by Jeff Banna from a screenplay by Banna himself and Alison Brie, who stars in it, <clears throat> excuse me, along with Debbie Ryan, John Reynolds, Molly Shannon, John Ortiz, and Paul Reiser, just to name a few. And the plot reads as follows. A sweet misfit with a fondness for crafts, horses, and supernatural crime shows finds her increasingly lucid dreams trickling into her waking life. Now, just to go back to what I had said earlier, if I were in her situation where the line between fantasy and reality were damn near erased, that would terrify me, especially since I'm a lucid dreamer myself, have been my whole life. And obviously it begins to terrify and terrorize her as well, otherwise there wouldn't be a movie. <laughs> but anyway, she's painfully awkward. Uh, you see this really early on. She is a loner to the highest degree, but you can tell that she really wants to open up to people. It's just really hard for her to do. So fast forward a little bit, her birthday comes up and she awkwardly tries to bait her Zumba instructor into inviting her out with her and her friends that evening, and it doesn't work. You know, she's like, hey, that was a great class. And she's like, thanks. And she's like, so what are you doing this evening? You know, like, want to go and hang out? And she's like, well, no, I'm going to be out with my friends, you know, for the evening. And she just kind of stands there and you see it in her face that she wants her to invite her out with her and her friends, but it doesn't work. So I was like, that's kind of sad. <laughs> um, but it doesn't work. Yeah. So her roommate comes home with her boyfriend in tow, as per usual to find her sitting on the couch, watching her supernatural crime shows, and decides to help her celebrate her birthday there at home. And she doesn't want to do it. She's just like, no, no, it's okay. You know, if you have plans with your boyfriend, do what you... And she's like, no, 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 no. No, like, you need to have some fun. You're always here. You're always here at home watching this show. You're not doing anything, hanging out with anybody. You're not being social. Let's throw you a party. So she talks her boyfriend into inviting his roommate over so that she could have a little company you know, of her own. And by that, I mean just someone to help her break out of her shell a little bit and someone she might be a little bit comfortable with, which she does end up being comfortable around him. And it's it makes for some nice comic relief. You know, her roommate and her boyfriend are kind of just watching things happen. And it's just, it's nice. It's a nice lighthearted moment. But then things start to get weird for her. And for her, I mean Alison Bree's character, because of course she stars in it, like I said before. That's when the weird, <clears throat> excuse me, the weird dreams start. Um, it looks to be a big white room that she's lying down in between two people, about six feet apart. Um, on her right side is a middle-aged man, and he is in a pair of boxers and a t-shirt but his eyes are open. So it's something that you would sleep. It's something that he would sleep in, but he's obviously 
awake. He's, I, I don't know. It looks like he's sleeping, but his eyes are wide open. And it's the same on her left. It's a girl who's probably around her age, I would say mid-20s, in an oversized t-shirt. Again, something else that you would sleep in. Eyes open. Okay. And that's it. She eventually wakes up to her roommate and her boyfriend leaving that morning, and there's scratches on the wall. So her roommate's like, all right, get that fixed. And as they leave, the, the roommate pops up because, you know, he didn't take his car home last night. They had been drinking. So he comes back for his car and her phone number because they hit it off the night before. And uh, something that I failed to mention earlier was her obsession with this one specific horse at a horse stable that's owned by this couple who thinks that she's super weird, but they try to, they try to be nice about it. So, you know, again, awkward, 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 awkward. But anyway, fast forward, uh, her and the guy, they finally go on a date and they finally kiss. And I'm telling you, seeing them interact at her impromptu birthday party was like the scene slash song that Sebastian sings in The Little Mermaid where you're just itching for them to kiss and it doesn't happen. So I was so glad to see that. But things turned to shit real fast after that. And I will stop there. Um, <laughs> I know it sounds like I'm given a lot of details on these movies, you know, like right away. But really what I'm doing is I'm just setting up answers. I'm sorry, setting up questions for you to find the answers. That's it. And the outcomes of these movies. But yes, I really enjoyed this one. Alison Brie's performance was superb, solid, was really believable. Uh, this is one I'm going to recommend to everyone I, I see. So this is another one that I give an A. All right, so 1BR is about um, a woman who is new to LA and moves into what seems to be a perfect apartment complex and soon finds out that there are consequences for breaking the rules. Um, that's, that's what it reads, and I was like, nah, I'll put it on my list, and if I get bored enough, I'll look at it, because it just didn't stand out to me. Uh, but I, you know, like this is another one that I stumbled upon on Netflix, and I believe it came out last year. Um, it's directed by David Marmer, and it stars Nicole Bryden Bloom, Naomi Grossman, who also starred as Pepper in American Horror Story seasons two and four, two being Asylum, four being Freak Show, Susan Davis, uh, Taylor Nichols, and more. So. Almost right away, you can tell that something's wrong when she goes to look at the apartment complex and sees an elderly tenant, who's Susan Davis's character, stumbling around as if she's had a little bit to drink, and the other tenants are way too friendly. You know, it's one thing to be hospitable, it's another to be completely invasive and just in your face and just very pushy. Um, I mean, they even throw a big barbecue to welcome her because she did sign the lease. So they throw her a big barbecue to welcome her. And they keep talking about 
how they like to think of themselves as a friendly neighborhood rather than a simple apartment complex where no one knows any each other or you know anyone any each other <laughs> anyone which is a huge red flag not to mention the loud weird noises throughout the night and the old woman stumbling around aimlessly throughout the night like what are you doing bro what are you doing you know, all of this happens within the first 15 minutes of the movie, and the movie is 90 minutes long. So, you know, after she has her co-worker friend, now she ends up working at a temp agency, and her father doesn't like the fact that she's working at a temp agency. She needs solid work because she just moved and blah, 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 and the, the relationship between her and her father is obviously strained. She's like, I got it. Don't worry. Leave me alone. Okay, bye. And the woman that she meets at the office that she's working at, you know, they, over time, become friends. So, yeah, she invites her over to her apartment and they, she, you know, they have some wine together. She ends up venting to her a little bit about how she can't sleep, how the people are kind of weird, but nice at the same time. There's a guy that she's interested in. Um, oh, she forgot to do this. She's just stressed out. She forgot to do that. How are you so strong? You know, that sort of thing. Um, so, and they see her, you know, they invited her to a dinner party that night, but she, again, being tired and sleep deprived, she completely forgot. And they saw that she was going to be spending time with her coworker friend, but they didn't, you know, you don't think anything of it because these people are really easygoing, really nice and all that. So... After the coworker friend leaves, you know, gives her a piece of sound advice and then she leaves and all that, again, shit really hits the fan. And I'll stop there. <laughs> I give this one an A+. I am all for some good twists and some unpredictability. There are definitely moments I did not see coming, including the ending. And that's what makes this so satisfying. Moving along. So I have The Invitation. The Invitation came out five years ago, but it's another one I kept seeing pop up on my list of suggestions on Netflix. So that's another one I finally caved. Um, it stars Logan Marshall Green, whom I'm a fan, Tammy Blanchard, and Michelle Huseman. I think I said that right. Um, the plot reads as follows. While attending a dinner party at his former house, a man starts to believe that his ex-wife and her new husband have sinister plans for the guests. Um, the man who starts to believe, you know, that his ex-wife is crazy and her new husband would be Logan Marshall Green. The wife is, the ex-wife is Tammy Blanchard and the new husband is Michelle Huseman. Um, but uh, there, there really isn't a whole lot that I can say about this without spoiling the entire thing. Uh, I'll just say it's just one awkward situation after red flag after what the fuck from about 15 to 30 minutes in and onward. And I'll also say that just when you start to think you're overreacting due to all the weirdness, you know, maybe that maybe like you're the one that's crazy. It switches up on you. Uh, a little hint. It is very, it has a very similar ending to one of the aforementioned films I just talked about. Again, I won't give that away. 
but this too gets an A for sure. Absolutely. Thanks again for taking the time to listen to another episode of the Har Hut Podcast. I'll be keeping my eyes peeled for the next batch of films to give my two cents on. Until next time. <laughs>